Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Honesty is always the best policy, whether it's in uh, real life or right here on Fantasy Sports Daily. So let's be honest from the get-go. When the Seattle Seahawks and Drew Locke took the football with a minute 52 left in last night's game, you knew that Drew Locke was leading the Seahawks to a win, right? Right, Ray? Honestly, right? You you had faith in Drew Locke. 100%, Kyle. Yep. It worked. It worked. Uh, Seattle, a big win on Monday night. It's uh, pretty wild, Ray. Bryce Young's probably been one of the worst quarterbacks this year. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair, but he's played every game. He hasn't been very good, but he had a great drive in week 15 at the end. And Drew Locke, who's like literally just a guy, a great drive at the end of week 15. See, these guys are learning on the job. You just got to put up with all the crap. Although Atlanta's done putting up with the crap, I guess, on Desmond Ritter. They, they've thrown in the towel, haven't they, on Ritter? Well, they should. I mean, again, and again, you you know, these guys. We've talked about this a lot. A lot of the quarterbacks are are put in positions to fail. I mean, they're they're put out there before they're ready. The coaches don't seem to know what they're doing. They don't support them well. They ask them to do things they're not very good at, and uh, it's kind of an epidemic right now. We're, we're we're floundering at the quarterback position. It's C.J. Stroud, and then kind of every other young quarterback trying to just find their footing at the NFL yeah. level. And and even the superstars. We talked about this yesterday. The superstars at the position. Kind of had a rough go of it in week 15. Uh, Good to have you with us on this Tuesday morning. Obviously, more coming up on Monday Night Football. That is, what, three straight losses now for the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, And and honestly, Jalen Hurts gets fantasy points, but he wasn't very good. And really, that whole Eagles offense, pretty rough. So we will talk over everything that is uh, coming out of that matchup. Big win by Seattle. They're still alive in the playoffs. Eagles continue to leave the door open for Dallas. Or somebody else to, to move ahead of them in the standings. So uh, Ray and I will talk it over. Of course, we welcome all of you in for the uh, full hour of discussion here on FSD with you every day at 11 a.m. Eastern. Myself and Ray uh, kind of tackling all that is important in the world of fantasy. If you've got any questions, comments, whatever it is, hit us up in YouTube, Facebook, X, wherever you are at, whatever that question is, whatever the sport is, we are always more than happy to take a look at it. Um, Okay, let's jump into the uh, rundown for today. Mentioned Monday Night Football, obviously a lot on that. Um, Injury report as we uh, push Week 15 to the background, get ready for Week 16, which for many of you is Week 2 of the Fantasy Playoffs. We will take an injury check on Isaiah Pacheco, uh, C.J. Stroud, Jamar Chase, and others. Uh, Of course, those are big issues. We've got QB changes for the Steelers and the Falcons. We will tell you about those. Uh, It's getting thin, but depending on your league, you may have some waiver wire possibilities for week 16. So Ray and I will run through a few names that may be available. And then after a week off, uh, Justin Finsterman is back with us on a Tuesday to talk all things NBA. Ray, take your bets now. People, make your bets in the chat room. We will see what tank top Justin Finsterman shows up with this afternoon. Well, number one, Justin, I'm sure, is listening right now. So even if he didn't have a tank top on, he's going to put one on. To, to you know follow the bit here through but Kyle basketball jerseys aren't tank tops they're basketball jerseys they're tank tops right hmm. they're tank tops they they don't have sleeves and they have two running cloth bars that run over your shoulders tank top that's what they are they're just fancy ones they're 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 tank tops Ray that cost 180 bucks if you get a real one <laughs> If you get a real one, right? Justin's a big fan, I know, of the shirtsy, too. So he's got a bunch of those, you know, which are the T-shirts with the name of the player on the back. So those are much less expensive. As always, uh, we remind you the special holiday promotion that we are running at FantasyGuru.com, H-O-H-O, also known as Ho-Ho. Uh, you get the all-in NFL package. What, 75 bucks rest of the season, right? And that's all the way through the postseason as well, correct? It is. And as we've talked about every time we've mentioned it with that promo code, ho-ho, it's the full football product. Everything. So you get Discord, you get any shows, you know, live streams, anything like that. You get all the articles and you get it for seasonal if you're still playing. You get it for DFS and you get it for wagering. So it's all three. So it's everything we do for football the rest of the way through the Super Bowl. And as you and I have talked about, there's tons of ways to play playoff fantasy football. Uh, we've always enjoyed doing that over the years. There's mm-hmm. clearly DFS right now and heading into the playoffs as well. So use that promo code HOHO all the way through the Super Bowl. 
Let us uh, jump into Monday Night Football. Let's give our thoughts on on really a ho-hum game, Ray. I mean, it was entertaining. You know, a couple of good teams, good atmosphere. Seattle always brings the 12th man. We had uh, rain constantly driving. So it was a good, like, fun, traditional football matchup. Uh, final score, 20 to 17. And honestly, Ray, I, you know, Jalen Hurts again gets fantasy numbers. But you look at both these teams and outside of Hurts and maybe to an extent, I guess Kenneth Walker was a hit. Other than that, there aren't really hits here, including the wide receivers. A little disappointing to have a game of this magnitude with talent like Metcalf and Smith and Brown and even Lockett. And none of those receivers really stood out. We did not have a receiving touchdown all night long until the final few seconds. And that went to Jackson Smith and Jigba. So the big names were pretty quiet on Monday night. They were and just a quick update for those people remembering we were talking about yesterday. I did emerge victorious in the FSGA League. Uh, Metcalf slightly ahead of, of Devonta Smith last night in that one-on-one battle. So, yay, Ray. Uh, let's hope we can keep that going. But, yeah, it was one of those efforts where, you know, eh, right? I mean, it, it was nice to see, I think, DeAndre Swift uh, actually had more carries this game than he did the last two. So it was nice to see him kind of get reestablished. He didn't have a great game. You mentioned Jalen Hurts had the two rushing touchdowns, but didn't have much success through the air. That trickled down, obviously, to the receiving core there with the Eagles. And on the other side, Metcalf had five catches for 78 yards, which is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, it's okay. And that's, I think, the theme of the night. There weren't a lot of Derrick Henry-like efforts that tanked people, but there also weren't a bunch of league-winning efforts last night. Probably the largest and most important development last night. And I I am not one of these people, but I feel a lot of people – um, in our orbit are Kenneth Walker kind of proved he's the guy again, Ray. And I, I feel like the last five or six weeks, people have been talking up Charbonnet and I get it when Walker was out, but I have always been of the belief Ray. And and we saw it last season and we're seeing it this year when Walker's available, he's the guy. And, and it's no, you know, it's not to say Charbonnet or if you have dynasty shares, it's a wasted dynasty. It's not. But I, I think for season long, people keep waiting and waiting and waiting and, and telling us that, oh, Charbonnet is going to get more work. It's just not the case. When when Walker's been available, Pete Carroll has used Kenneth Walker. And we saw it again last night. What was it, 22 to 4 mm-hmm. on the touches in that win against Philadelphia? Yeah, and there are teams, and the, the Steelers have been one of these teams until this year, right, where it's been one guy. This co- The coach prefers that setup. And I think, historically speaking, that's what we all grew up with and before we had all these shared backfields. The, you know, Pete Carroll wants one guy and the guy is Kenneth Walker and he's really good and he's very effective and he's very productive. It's been messy because of injury this year. Uh, but you're right. There's a lot of people and this is something that we deal with all the time in the fantasy space. Shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. The, the next guy is always better than the current guy. And the answer is oftentimes, no, they're not. And even if they are, if they're not on the field, it doesn't matter. Uh, we still had last night, as you mentioned, 22 to four, a huge difference in terms of the touches. We still had all the short yardage snaps, all of them, went to Kenneth Walker. We had all the third down snaps go to Charbonnet. So they're very clearly defined roles here. Uh, But the fact is the ball carrier and the goal line back is Kenneth Walker, and that's with a bullet. And on the Philadelphia side, Ray, you mentioned the two touchdowns by Hertz, and he was well under 200 yards passing. (laughs) He's up to 14 touchdowns on the ground this season. Uh, what's he got passing? Let me pull this up. Where's he at on the passing touchdowns? He has 19. 33 touchdowns is a massive number. Uh, 14 rushing touchdowns. In years past, we'd say that's a one-off, certainly for a quarterback, but it's not with this guy, right? Because yep. last year he had 13. The year before he had 10. We are in an era, and we've talked about this. Everybody knows this. We're in an era where in the last decade, there, there was always maybe one or two guys per year that would really boost up their fantasy value because of rushing. Obviously, in the last decade, we're up to like five or six guys per year that really boost themselves purely because of rushing. And Ray, I think I'm going to put at the very top of the ladder, when we talk about this era in fantasy football, of the rushing QB Mm -hmm. and the guys that don't really have to be good throwing, if they're getting you rushing. Jalen Hurts is at the top. And, And Ray, I would put him beyond Cam Newton. I'd put him beyond Michael Vick. I mean, we have three straight years, and it's not so much the rushing totals. It's the fact that the end zone, this guy is just killing it with rushing touchdowns. It's amazing. You you are indeed getting an RB1 as your quarterback. Um, and, and it's wild because I don't think he's anything special throwing the football. 
if if you look at the last three games, it's been this. rough. Well, look at look at the last five weeks. Five weeks, he has four passing touchdowns to four picks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Mitch Trubisky. But Ray, when you're getting one to two rushing touchdowns, all of a sudden he's a QB one, and it, it's still. I, I've talked about this before. You know, you kind of get set in your ways, and sometimes it takes a lot of evidence. And and certainly, I think all of us now understand what a rushing quarterback can be. But Ray, this guy might be the number one QB off the board next year, and he's not much of a QB. <laughs> what? Well, I think he's okay. I think he's very good quarterback. Statistically, statistically, yeah. I. Yeah. Hey, Jalen Hurts is a fine QB. Look at their record. They, yeah, okay. Statistically is kind of what I'm arguing is that in fantasy football, you don't look at his passing numbers and say, yeah, that's a QB one. This is totally 80% driven by his rushing touchdowns. And again, Ray, I think of all of these dudes that we've seen over the last 20 years, he's at the top. Jalen Hurts has now assumed that spot of not being much of a passing QB and really having all of his value driven by landing in the end zone right now as a runner. And I think there's it's a twofold situation. One, that relegates DeAndre Swift to running back two. Because even though he's getting 80, let's say he's getting you know 20 touches and giving you 95 yards from scrimmage like he basically did last night, there's no touchdowns. It's hollow unless you're catching seven, six, seven passes, right? So it relegates whoever the number one running back is to running back two, which is a fine spot to be, but we just obviously have to be aware of that. But secondly... And this is something I've argued forever, and you know this. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts threw for 140 yards last night. He was QB five this week. Mm-hmm. And I know there's injuries and the positions beat up, but he's QB five. He threw for 140 yards and no touchdowns, and he's QB five. So yeah, this is the power, and this is the power of the running quarterback, and we're seeing it directly here with Jalen Hurts. And unlike Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, who get more of the excitement because they're the guys ripping off 30 yard runs down, you know, yeah. shaking guys out of their shorts. We have Josh Allen and we have Jalen Hurts who are constantly getting balls in the end zone with their legs. And it's all the green zone stuff, right? None of it's from the 23-yard line. It's all in tight. And when you do this, as Hurts has done, as you pointed out, historically speaking, quarterbacks reaching double-digit rushing touchdowns is very rare. Three years in a row? That, that just doesn't happen. So, you know, there's there's really no reason to think that things are going to change drastically enough in the offseason – that Jalen Hurts is not going to be a threat to get 10 more rushing touchdowns again next year, to your point. Well, the one thing that would be a drastic change, Ray, is if the NFL outlawed the play that has gotten him 70% of these touchdowns, (laughs) the tush push. And and, and I wonder, Ray, if that would change expectations for Hurts, um, if the NFL came out and said, yeah, we're not going to allow this. I Again, I'm not going to draft Hurts one or two. I've never invested in QB, so I'm kind of the wrong person to give a – a true take on this because it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm not going to invest in these guys, but I would say for people who are interested in investing in top end QBs, Ray, if that were outlawed going into next year, I'd still say I'd take them. I'd still count on double digit rushing touchdowns. It would still happen uh, this year that that play has taken off. But again, previous two years, double digit touchdowns, they weren't using it as much. Mm-hmm. It, he would still be, Probably number one overall, even if that rule changed. Allen might get some votes because he's a little more of a passer. Mm-hmm. Mahomes might still get votes because of the reputation. But I, I think Hertz is probably looking at the number one spot amongst all QBs for next season. Yeah, I think in the case of Mahomes, like he's going to have a down season relative to expectations. But, you know, he's still going to throw for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like it's still going to be a really good year, just not great by his standards. But I think this 2023 season is pointing out the fact that if Mahomes isn't great, if he's just really good, he can't keep up with these other guys. Because even though he runs a lot and does all that, he's getting three, four touchdowns on the ground, right? He's not ripping off games where he's running for 90 yards. He's just not that guy. He doesn't have to be that guy. He's not expected to be that guy. But he doesn't have that floor. And because we continue, broken record Ray, because we continue to record fantasy points the way we do, which unfairly advances players that run, it's a fact. He, again, threw for 140 yards. He's number five quarterback this week. That's what we got in fantasy football. With the ability of these other guys around Mahomes to use their legs in a way that he doesn't, it's very tough to say that Mahomes should be above those guys. You can even start making arguments that Mahomes you know, drops down to four or five, depending upon how mm-hmm. aggressive you want to get. Because we've seen this year what can happen because he doesn't have that floor with his legs.
Philadelphia coming up short on the road, uh, 20 to 17. And again, uh, Drew Locke, a couple of big completions late to uh, Smith and Jigba for the uh, touchdown. DK Metcalf also with a, a beautiful play late as Seattle uh, pulls off that win. So week 15 is now in the rearview mirror. And Ray, as we uh, immediately take a look ahead to week 16, probably the first thing people want to uh, take a look at is the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. And and obviously some people are out. Um, you've always argued and and promoted the idea that teams that are eliminated uh, from the from the fantasy playoffs should have no say whatsoever in the waiver process. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel like a lot of leagues, though, <laughs> maybe don't have that setting or, or haven't uh, you know pushed the yes button on that setting. Uh, so this week's kind of weird, Ray, because we're, we're at a point in the season where there has been so much jumbling yeah. of, of injuries. And this is every year. This year is no different than other years. But, you know, QBs every week are a mess and running backs are running backs. And then bye weeks came late and all this stuff. So it's like you don't have a good read on who's actually available, right. you know, and who's been dropped. Like I, I was looking at a 16-team league that I'm in and, um, my, you know, I've got Zach Moss josh jacobs um and chase brown those are the three running backs i have and well you know moss is dealing with a shoulder brown is like you know six to eight touches a week and you know josh jacobs is injured so i was like okay i gotta look for somebody and ray i go to the waiver wire and gus edwards is there wow like i have no i I have no i'm not gonna get him i don't have a dime left in fab but it's like wow gus edwards is there in a 16 team league and it's like I wanted to go back and find out when he got dropped. Who knows? Who knows? Everybody's so Ray. A lot of these names, like I, I've got, you know, Zamir White. Zamir White probably should have been gobbled up last week going in Correct. to week fifteen, but who knows? Um, you know, Curtis Samuel, Josh Palmer, Tyler Algier, who's getting 14, 15 carries like last week. You just don't know. I, I would invite everybody. Who knows if these guys are available? But Ray, everybody should look at their waiver wire. You might be surprised who's sitting there. Yeah, Athletics Josh Kendall is reporting that Arthur Smith could keep his job even if the Falcons miss the playoffs. So, yay, let's hope for that! Oh, boy. Um, speaking of Tyler He should Algier, be on the waiver wire. Yeah, he should be and never picked up. Um, we don't – and I say this a lot, and you you said it too. I'll just reiterate. It's always important to – you know, if you're really going to try to win here, right? You're really – you're listening to us. You're at FantasyGuru.com. Always check who has dropped – every week on the waiver wire because like mm-hmm. you're saying someone stupidly dropped Gus Edwards it's like what are you doing I mean I, I get he's not sexy or exciting you know Keaton Mitchell was coming in and taking all these works but you know what is it seven eight touchdowns in ten games for for you know a lot for uh, Gus Edwards so yeah look who has been dropped uh do the searches all the same don't just do the search last week point totals which a lot of people I think they're in a rush that's what they do who scored the most points last week well the guy you want might have scored two points last week right but yeah, it's it's been such a jumbled season that I agree with you. I think it's on a case by case basis because everyone's kind of been picked up. You know, it's like everyone has been battling something for the last month. I mean, it's it's even seeped into the quarterback position as we've talked about so often. So yeah, it's it's tough this week to get a true handle. We'll have the articles at fantasyguru.com and here to answer questions on the show and in Discord. But it's tough to know. One of the more likely names I think that could be on waiver wires everywhere, and he's coming off a big week, is Joshua Palmer with the Chargers uh, because he's been injured, you know, was out for four weeks or whatever, and then came back. Uh, Keenan Allen didn't play last week. Now, we've not heard anything on Allen for this week, but I kind of feel Ray with Justin Herbert out. Who knows if Allen's going to play, you know, as a veteran with a new coach, all this. I, I don't know. Maybe he's out there. Maybe he isn't. But Joshua Palmer, is he a guy dealing with a backup quarterback? And let's say Allen is not playing. Is he a guy that would be thrust into a starting lineup, a a top 35 wide receiver uh, that people are maybe looking at on the waiver where it's like, wow, I can get my third receiver for week 16. Yeah, I picked up Josh Palmer in the one league he was available two weeks ago. Uh, because I didn't want to have this frenzy, even though it's less teams, this frenzy to get him at this point, because I thought if he comes back, you know, it's going to be Justin Herbert and it's going to be great. Well, Justin Herbert got hurt. Maybe it was three weeks ago I picked up Palmer. Justin Herbert got hurt and then we all got disappointed, right? And it's like, okay, but he's still going to be out there. Then we hear that, you know, Allen's not playing and here's Palmer going for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the issue that I had with that effort is this is not a good offense. They're, they've got turmoil, I think it's fair to put, right? The quarterback's down, the wide receiver one and two were down, head coach situation. There's turmoil here. Uh, they can't run the football. And Palmer, though his numbers were great last week, he only saw four targets, four. 
And you're not going to go 4-1-13 and one. He's going to go 4-39-0 if he's only getting four targets consistently, right? So I think we don't chase points with Palmer. But as we said last week, I think we had him 38 or 39th in the rankings at fantasyguru.com. I think he probably is one of the better options in leagues if he's still available. He's one of the better options on the waiver wire. We just have to keep our expectations in check. Let's let's expect 10 to 12 points. Let's not expect 21. Um, other guys who might be out there, I mentioned the Zach Moss issue with the shoulder. He says he's going to play in week 16, but it's not the worst thing in the world to maybe attack on Trey Sermon to your waiver wire uh, run through. Uh, uh, let's see, Dontavian Wicks with Green Bay might be out there. Tucker, Tucker Crafts, another guy. I would say this, Ray, for both those Green Bay guys, if if I'm making that move, I'm in a really bad spot. I, I feel for Dontavian Wicks or Tucker Craft. Yeah, um, Musgrave technically is eligible to return this week. I haven't heard any updates if that's even legitimately possible, but that technically he's available. And yeah, I, you know, we've talked about the touch the the tight end position a lot. Tucker Craft had, you know, had a nice couple of games here, but he's still catching three passes for 50 yards. He's not, you mm-hmm. know, he's got to get in the end zone. So hopefully people don't have to play that game with him and they have a better option at what has been, as we discussed yesterday, a much better than expected tight end position this year. Again, uh, waivers very specific to your league. I know a few people have some questions about possible pickups that we'll get to in a bit. You may have even more questions as we go through the week because of injuries. Um, you know, two days ago, Ray, Jamar Chase, we're hearing day to day. Mm-hmm. Now here on a Tuesday, we're hearing Jamar Chase may miss some time, which it's a report from Ian Rappaport, which for years, Ray and I have mocked Ian. I will say this. He appears to have received our message, Ray. His reporting (laughs) has vastly improved in its accuracy. I agree. And legitimacy in the last two years. So, so, So maybe he was just learning on the job. Maybe he needed a few eggs in his face. Maybe he needed Ray and I to mock him. But but I'm gonna retire Ray the Ian Crappaport. Okay, name. I'm, I'm gonna retire it. Um, now he had this Jamar Chase issue, and hey, sometime what the hell does that mean? That, that four days this week, four yeah, weeks. Be, yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? But Jamar Chase is an issue with that uh, AC sprain, and we'll have to see with him Ray. But that that can obviously shuffle the deck for a lot of players this weekend. Yeah, I've got multiple leagues still going on and Jamar Chase is on those squads and I'm nervous because, you know, even with Browning under center and the success they've had offensively, Chase has been, you know, four catches, 65 yards. It's mm-hmm. usable, but clearly half of what we were hoping. There's no ceiling games here that, you know, the 10 catch, two touchdown game, that's not part of the offense at this point. And now we have to wonder if he's even going to be out there. Uh, you know, and, and Tyler Boyd, you know, these guys that, you know, uh, Irwin, like, you know, are you going to go with those guys? Maybe if you lost Chase, you will. But those are not really guys I'd be hunting on the wave wire because, again, you know, Browning's going to spread the ball around. It's going to be a lot of, you know, high high uh, percentage passes. It's not going to be a lot of over-the-top stuff. They're going to necessarily lead to huge efforts. Bengals uh, play on Saturday, too. Uh, word of warning, it's another crazy week in the NFL. And it, this might be the worst week, right? Because with the holiday. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, we got the Thursday game. I think we have two games on Saturday. We have sort of a normal Sunday, and then we have three games on Monday. So, like, you know, all these decisions of, you know, guys on Thursday, you may be looking at Josh Palmer, you know, or excuse me, you may be looking at, uh, I don't know, Puka Nakua. And saying, well, do I play this guy or do I wait around for Jamar Chase on Saturday? Or do I wait around on Monday night uh, for, you know, maybe playing, gosh, Jawan Jennings with San Francisco or Odell Beckham with Baltimore? Like we have this long, long time span of where we're going to have to make decisions without all the information we want. So a very difficult week from that aspect. Um, Another receiver, Chris Olave, he's playing Thursday night. Saints against the Rams. I should say the Saints are playing on Thursday night. We still don't know with Olave. Um, estimated practice report yesterday was a DMP, so we'll have to follow him. Uh, the Chiefs, Ray, say that Isaiah Pacheco is good to go in Week 16. You'll notice I didn't mention Jarek McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Alaire when we were talking about the waiver wire because if Pacheco's back, there's no use to have those guys, is there? Yeah, no, there's not. And, and the, the problem is, and I can see this, and we joke – Talked about this earlier in the week. I don't know how you have shoulder surgery in your back 10 days later. Like medicine's fantastic, I guess. But I don't know if Pacheco returns and gets 17 touches or not. I don't know. So yeah, right. So it's like if you have Pacheco, which I do in multiple leagues, like, do I play him? It's like, ugh. So that it's terrible timing for him. And his return does do exactly what you just point out, too. It it crushes CEH and McKinnon. So all three of those guys are going to be. 
eh, you know, we'll have to get all the information we can to make the best decision we can. But uh, if Pacheco's healthy, I don't know. I mean, he's on the field, excuse me. I don't know how he's not the guy that we're going to suggest starting, mm-hmm. but it is a dicey situation with all three guys. Chiefs won't have Sky Moore uh, for this weekend for a while after that. He was placed on the IR with a, a knee injury. CJ Stroud is still in concussion protocol, uh, so he's not the, out of the uh, woods yet. Uh, Will Levis of Tennessee dealing with a sprained ankle, so we'll see what the Titans do with him. Zay Jones has a hamstring issue. Uh, those are a few of the early ones. We'll get more, honestly, as we go through the week. Uh, we have received some news in the last, I don't know, 15 hours or so. A couple of QB changes, Ray. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to go with Mason Rudolph. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> and Atlanta, speaking of it's over, is going to go back to Taylor Heineke. So, it, you know, Atlanta's been a mess with fantasy all year long. It's like if you're starting Bijan, like to me, if you're starting Bijan Robinson with Ritter, with a who cares, you still play him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drake London, I don't know that his status has changed at all with Ritter or Heineke. So, like, I get it, Ray, it matters, but it doesn't. And the same thing for the Pittsburgh guys. Like, if you were playing these dudes with Mitch Trubisky, are, are you changing your, your outlook, Ray, with, with Mason Rudolph? It's like, it's crap here or crap here it's still the same for my fantasy guys around him i feel like it sure seems like there's a lot of hatred toward tomlin in pittsburgh which is hilarious he's one of the best coaches in the nfl and he's been that for but, but he's only the problem ray is and yeah, yeah this, i i, I talked to Steeler fans and i agree with you it's like have you seen how bad some of these coaches yeah. are not that change it but Steeler fans are like all he does is win nine games <laughs> You know, like that's all he does. They, that's get, really hard, easy they, to get, do. they get blasted in the first round. It's yeah. like so that's what their frustration is, is there there doesn't seem to be any improvement over the last seven or eight years. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. On the other side, the Falcons thing, I mean, this is and we you know, it's it's cheap and easy for us to bash Arthur Smith and all that. Okay. But you know, there are teams and the Falcons are one of them that have no plan. It's obvious they have no plan. And, you know, you, you can't – you're making multiple quarterback changes in the same season. What are you doing? Like, what is this? Like, there's no plan. It's this guy. It's that guy. Drake London setting franchise records one week. Next week he doesn't even get targets. Like, what's going – there's no plan. And so to your point, if you have Bijan Robinson, you start him. If you're in a three-wide receiver league, you're probably starting London, depending upon how your team is. You might be forced to start Pitts or Smith, John or Smith, maybe. On the other side, you can play Pat Fryermuth, but he's had one game this year where he's done anything. One game. The rest of the time, he's catching three passes for 29 yards. He's not really startable. Pickens hasn't been startable in six weeks. Johnson's getting in the end zone, but he's three weeks in a row, right? But he's getting 50 yards on four catches. So you're right. These quarterback changes don't really impact us very much in the fantasy space. And and you mentioned that report about Arthur Smith sticking around, even if the Falcons don't make the postseason. And right now you would say no. Uh, you might remember um, it was 12 months ago that I said, Falcons will make the playoffs, get your futures bets in now. And the reason I made that bet, Ray, is I knew that they were going to be matched up with the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I knew they would, in effect, have a last place schedule. I knew they would be in the NFC South, which is a joke. Mm-hmm. And I thought that guys like London Pitts and hopefully Robinson Ritter would take the sixth step. They have not. The idea that Arthur Smith can keep his job after this year, where really it was a gold-plated road for them to walk into the postseason, I think is a joke. I, I This guy was brought in as an offensive dude, and the offense sucks. He has made all these calls on these players, and they're not good. They're not producing. The Desmond Ritter situation is a mess. There's There's been zero improvement. I mean, Desmond Ritter looks like he's playing his first NFL game every time that he's out there. I can't imagine th- them saying, Arthur, and, and selling that to the fan base. It's like, you, you got to move on. It's I, This was your year. You got the pieces in place. I don't want to hear you. Don't. You drafted these guys. These were your choices. He's got to go. It's I, I And maybe he sticks around, Ray, but. And I, hey, I don't give two farts about Atlanta. I mean, I don't cheer them on or anything, but can't fathom this guy being back on the sidelines for next and, season. And, you know, how many NFL teams, I don't know the answer to this, how many NFL teams have their starting tight end as a top eight pick, their starting running back as a top eight pick, and their starting wide receiver as a top eight pick? Mm-hmm. They've got three franchise players, according to draft cost. You talk, you and I talked about Pitts forever. Everyone thought he's a franchise altering quarter, 
a tight end. Everyone thought that B. John Robinson's a franchise altering running everyone running back. And London was supposed to be a guy catching 85 passes every year. Everyone was comfortable with that. So you've got these three weapons, undeniably, that everyone in football, every team in football would take these guys in a heartbeat. And you've got you've built your team around these guys, and it's Ritter Heineke, Ritter Heineke, mm-hmm. Ritter Heineke. Like, what are you doing? So yeah, I don't again. I said this last week, this week, I don't five times this year. If you're a Falcons fan, I don't know how you can be a fan of this team. Like it's time to start wearing a paper bag to the games because this is this is embar- it's embarrassing. There is no plan. Have a plan and execute it. If it doesn't work, okay, make a new decision. But keep doing this. If he comes back next year, I don't know how they sell that to the yeah. fan base. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get to Justin Finsterman in a few minutes. We got some questions that have popped in. Now, a lot of these kind of deal with start sit stuff, but but some are with waiver wire. We just had one come in from David here. Um, he's got Kenneth Walker, he's been holding Charbonnet. He's got Jerome Ford. He can go out and get Jalen Ward and go out and get Devin Singletary. Then he's got this Jaden Reed, McLaurin. I mean, what kind of league is this? David, the fact that McLaurin and Higgins, I mean, those guys are top 25 wide receivers every week. Jalen Warren's a top 30 running back every week. Devin Singletary's three of the last five, six games. He's run for 100 yards. And, you know, if you're at this point and those guys are still on the waiver wire, most of your league is asleep. So, you know, sh- shortly, whatever. I-, I would say this, Ray. Yeah. Now we got two weeks in effect left. Right. You're planning for two weeks. So everybody needs. So anytime you're asking these questions, yeah, I'd love to have Devin Singletary, but it's not week eight. You know, you almost have to look at what's the plan for the next two weeks. That's all that matters. And what right. are the matchups and all that? So, you know, we got six, seven names here. You'd almost have to sit here and look at the two matchups and how you're going to play out. I will say this, Jaden Reed, see ya. I mean, that's like, I don't care if it's McLaurin or Higgins. I'd probably go McLaurin. Uh, but both guys, hell, I'll drop a, anybody else and go get T. Higgins and McLaurin just to keep them away from my competition. The Charbonnet thing, Ray, I think I'd have to hold him just in case Kenneth Walker gets hurt this week. Because if if Kenneth Walker got hurt this week, Charbonnet is getting 15 to 20 touches. So Jerome Ford, I could let go and get my 20 plus touches from Devin Singletary. That would be my move, Ray, is, is I'll drop Jaden Reed, I'll go get McLaurin, I'll drop Jalen Ford and go get Devin Singletary. But again, you're going to have to stack up these matchups, see how your roster works. A lot of it is maybe just keeping the talent away from your competition in the next two weeks. Yeah, normally when we get this question, it's like, do I drop my handcuff? And it's like, hey, do I drop my handcuff to pick up Justice Hill? And it's like, well, you know, okay. This is a scenario where, you know, we're in the fantasy playoffs, and that is when everyone, to reiterate, should handcuff their running backs. Okay, so I, I hesitate to tell David to move away from that. But again, we've got usable starting pieces that we can pick up off the waiver wire here. Um, Jalen Warren's a top 25 running back this week. You know, it's, uh, I think I'm going to go Charbonnet to Warren, and I hate it. And this is a very specific answer because I don't want to drop the handcuff, but I think that's the right call here. So I'd add Jalen Warren uh, at the running at the wide receiver spot. Reed, it's got the toe issue now he's dealing with and all that kind of stuff. I agree with Kyle. We just said it. Jamar Chase may not play. Uh, and so it's very conceivable to, to create a scenario where it's eight to 10 targets for Higgins this week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, talk about Terry McLaurin. He just had that huge effort. Now, again, I think a lot of that's because of Jacoby Brissett, but he shouldn't be on the waiver wire. I would go, boy, that's a tough one. I'd drop Reed and I'd add, I'd add Higgins. Okay. But again, McLaurin can't be. McLaurin's a starter this week, yeah. so he shouldn't be on the waiver wire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's different every league, but I, I'm tempted to say, dude, this is whenever you drop anybody like second tight end, second quarterbacks, you know, you got to if it's a six running back you're sitting on. But but it sounds like it's a pretty thin league. So, you know, I guess, guys, even if something screws up this week, next week, you can go to the waiver wire and certainly get a starter. So I, I know we like to think it's life and death, but I'm, I'm noticing with this question, right, it's not life or death. It, it You know, you can lose a guy in week 16. Who cares? There's plenty of talent. It's in a good spot. Yeah. Um, Sal earlier in the hour had a defensive question. Um, it looks like he's got Baltimore's defense. Look at the matchups. Does he go to Philly? Um, i.e. the matchups. Baltimore has San Francisco and Miami in the next two weeks. Philadelphia has the Giants and the Cardinals the next two weeks. There's your answer. <laughs> and and that's how you play team defenses. I'm not, I don't need to break down advanced statistics. I, I, I don't even care if Baltimore is the best defense in football. I don't. It's all about the matchup, right? Mm-hmm. And and you got to understand, too, with defenses, no one knows because so much is driven by dumb happenstance. Correct. You know, it's picking up a fumble. It's, 
you know, they throw a lateral and the, the offense, you know, it's dropped and the offense doesn't understand the rules. So they don't hustle, but the defense picks up the loose ball. I mean, these are very stupid things that change the outcome of weeks. What I do know is that as a defense, I would much rather take my shots against the Giants and the Cardinals than the Niners and the Dolphins. There, there's not much thought that goes into it for me. Right? <laughs> yeah. And again, the Ravens are the better defense, but the matchups are brutal ones. And as, to Kyle's point, it's the pick six, the fumble recovery, those kind of things that make the biggest difference for fantasy scoring on defense. And those are really unpredictable. So go with a good defense with a great matchup versus a great defense with a tough matchup. And and then last we have uh, Joel here. Um, and, and Joel had a few questions. The one we'll probably focus on because, again, it's waiver wire uh, processing is this quarterback decision where he's got Stroud and Stafford. Obviously, St- Stroud's still a question mark this week. But Kyler Murray's on the waiver wire. Um, now, he says the two bad matchups for Stafford and Stroud. Ray, Kyler Murray's matchup is not any good either. A, he's Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's okay, but it's very inconsistent, right. very unpredictable. Yep. And he's up against Chicago. And I, I know what Joel's saying here. If you look at season-long rankings and stuff, oh, the Bears are not very good. They're deep. But, Ray, it's been talked about a lot the last six, seven weeks. Yep. They're, they've been really good defensively. And it almost – it aligns with Matt Eberflus, the head coach, mm-hmm. taking over as the D coordinator. Ever since he was given that responsibility, defense has been better. So, to me, Ray, I, I'm not hunting Kyler. Like, if I end up with him later in the week, that's fine once I know what Stroud's situation is. But I, I don't look at his matchup and say, wow, Kyler Murray's in a great spot on the road at Soldier Field in December – Forget about it. I'll take my shot this week with Stafford. Stafford. Yes, Stafford, currently we've got number nine in the rankings over at FantasyGuru.com. We've got Kyler Murray at 15. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one's a QB1, the other one's a QB2. Kyler Murray has been Kyler Murray since he returned. Uh, And what that means is if he's not getting a rushing touchdown, he's bleh. It's just blah. He throws for 230 yards, runs for 37, throws for a touchdown pass. You hope he gets a rushing touchdown. Tough matchup, uh, as Kyle pointed out there, so I would stick with Stafford as well. And then finally, uh, Joel also asking a defensive question. He's got the uh, Miami defense. Uh, This week they are against Dallas, so some of their fears there, if you will. He can make the switch, Ray, to Buffalo this weekend. Uh, Who's who's Buffalo got? Um, Buffalo's got the Chargers. Let's do it. Yep, that's easy. There you go. And and that's you know when when people say they've been riding a defense all year, I'm very surprised by that. Because I Ray, I, I don't know how, but but I if I have a defense for more than two weeks, it's shocking. That's in every single league I'm in. I mean there there is no I don't care what you did, I don't care who you are, I don't care what your pedigree is, what your rankings say. All I care about is who you're playing, and and that's it. And there's no risk. I don't sense any risk. Because the scoring is so happenstance. So it's Buffalo, right? Even though they're a very average defense. You know, Miami's a better defense, but but Buffalo's got to be the pick here. Yeah, and it's interesting. We talk about patience. We talk about holding handcuffs and letting a roster play out, all that kind of stuff. Team defense is totally different. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you don't have any lead. I've rode this team. Who cares? Someone in, in my FSJ league, to point this out, when the Browns went on a bye, they dropped the Browns. Yeah. Who were playing tremendous defensive football at the time that – it was the right move. You don't carry a second defense. So yeah, I think it you don't you don't feel great about rolling defenses in the fantasy plays. I get that. You don't want to use a different team in 15, 16, 17. I get that. But in certain scenarios, including this one where we go with the Bills, it's the right call to make. Uh Greg, real quickly, Ray, if you were in a dynasty league, would you rather have Tommy DeVito or Taylor Heineke? No. Neither. I don't no think either guy. It, maybe Heineke stays as a backup next year. Maybe yeah. I, Tommy DeVito, that's here today, gone tomorrow. I, I have no interest in Tommy DeVito. I don't think he's any good. At least Heineke is decent. I don't think Heineke's very good either, but both guys to me suck. How yeah. about that? Yeah, I don't want either one. Uh, I've got, full disclosure, I've got DeVito on my Dynasty League team. Now, my Dynasty League team has 55 roster spots. Okay. And and I have Daniel Jones. So it's I did a handcuff with the quarterback thing. Okay. Uh, the, the right call here is Tyler Heineke, but yeah. Uh, neither one of these guys is going to be someone you're starting, barring cat- catastrophe again in 2020. Yeah, we, we don't even know if they're going to be on their same teams next year. That's kind of the problem. You're saying dynasty in the future. We don't know where these guys are going to be. Like if, if Taylor Heineke, you know, let's let's say, God forbid, he's the starter for the Falcons next year. The good news is he's working with guys. Again, Ray talked about the talent. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of talent there. Plenty. We're going to get Arthur Smith out of the way, but uh, that would probably be why I'd lean to Heineke, the guys around him. But again, he may not be there next season. Same for DeVito. Uh, he may be slinging pasta <laughs> at a local uh, Brooklyn eatery. Speaking of Long Island, um, we'll go to Long Island. Isn't that where DeVito? I think he's Long Island maybe more. Yeah, uh, I don't know, is it? Yeah, let, let, let's go to another Long Island native. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but Justin Finsterman. He's a Long Island guy. Look at his. There's the tank top. <laughs> anybody, right. anybody who had the Celtics on their uh, bingo card, <laughs> you win. Um, what is this? A Havlicek jersey? Who, who are we wearing here? Wow, actually, very close. Bill Russell. Very close, though, man. Same Bill, era. I've Bill Russell went to USF, my alma mater. Yeah. Two championships with KC Jones. There you go. And better uh, than Will Chamberlain, right, Ray? Possibly. Better all around? Yeah. Yes. DeVito's a Long Island guy, right, Justin? Is that right, Tommy? Yes, DeVito, I'm from Billy guy. Joel Country, Oyster Bay. Oyster Bay. <laughs> yep. Uh, you Long Island guys stick together, don't you? You okay. haven't lived there for a number of years, but you're still. Do you do you tell people I'm from Long Island? You don't tell people you're from like D.C., Virginia, do you? You're from Long Island. No, I say originally I'm from Oyster Bay on Long Island. Okay. Because you don't live in Long Island. You live on Long Island. On Long Island, yeah. Okay, thanks right. for the clarification. Um, <laughs> let's get into hoops. Let's talk about today, oh, yeah. uh, including, it sounds like Ja Morant going to make his debut tonight. He's back. Uh, the, the Grizzlies have been terrible. Absolutely, brutally bad. 9-16, and 16, I think, is the record. Uh, what's going on with Morant? You got, like, for people who drafted him, obviously, you're sticking him in. What are your expectations and you know, assuming he stays clean off the court, this guy's still a superstar, right? Yeah, and the offense is going to change, guys. It's funny because with the Memphis Grizzlies, they've been running a lot slower of an offense without John Morant. And now with John Morant coming back, it can't get much worse for them offensively, guys. I watch this team and it makes me sad. You just don't see any consistency when I'm thinking about which teams I'm going to focus on on my weekly podcast on the Elite Plus Network, Betsy's Basketball Diaries, then – Memphis never comes up for me because I can't find the trends for them. It's hard for me to write DFS around anyone outside of Desmond Bain because just when you think you're on to someone, they put up a few stinker performances, and then you don't really want to trust them unless the player is sub-5K, and that's the problem with this team. Their depth isn't that good. They've had people in and out. They really don't have a front court beyond Jaron Jackson. And with John Morant coming back, Desmond Bain will still be a big-time scorer, but his five assists per game will likely drop. And I wonder how much it will take away from Jaron Jackson Jr.'s shot total with John Morant taking full control of the offense. They need his boost at this point, boys. And it, like I said, it can't really get much worse for them offensively. I don't even know what the current roster composition, John Morant coming back, even makes them close to a contender. Hmm. Um, is there anybody on this Grizzlies roster that maybe has helped people up to this point that now is just like, forget about it. I mean, it, you, you noted for DFS, you know, it's very unpredictable, but like a season long player, guys like Bain and Jackson, they'll still do their thing. Sure. But are there guys who got an elevation because Morant was not there that pretty well are erased from the consideration now? Well, Kyle, originally Marcus Smart was that guy and you actually saw him doing well offensively. Then he got hurt. So now when Marcus Smart comes back, I really do wonder how he's going to be, how many minutes he's going to play. Because John Morant, once he's settled in in a few games, wouldn't be surprising, nothing I've read yet, it wouldn't be surprising if maybe in the first game or two they monitor his minutes. Let's say they're up by double digits. Maybe they take him out just so they preserve him a bit as he gets back to in-game shape. So something to note for DFS because the stupid DFS sites already have the guy at like 9,500, which is ridiculous. (laughs) They're not giving us any breaks. I was talking with a few people about it. Mentioned it to Armando Marsal yesterday. They do not give us bunny bunnies. You have two you have a player who's doing well at a low price for two games, that's all you get. That price is being lifted by 1500 the following game. It's been no mercy on DFS players from these sites this year. Sweep the leg, Justin. No mercy. It's bad, guys. I mean, normally you you know, and if you're these DFS sites, you want us to start getting used to some of these players like a Boyan Bogdanovich, let's just say, but then they hike them up to 7,500 instantly. It's like, geez, pass the salt. <laughs> salt in the wounds is what we're dealing with out here in the Bay Area, Justin, with yet another 
Draymond Green scenario. Uh, a great basketball player who's just lost it uh, numerous times on the court. What do the Warriors do now? Uh, like, what's what's the move here? What's the fantasy implications of him being suspended by the NBA? I mean, it's bad right now. We know he's going to miss the next three weeks. That's their entire muscle. Anything that they may have had defensively now is suspended along with Draymond Green. Because like you said, Ray, he does make that kind of impact, but he has to learn to control his temper. This isn't 1984 anymore when you're Robert Parrish, speaking of the Celtics, you could get away with knocking out, intentionally punching to the ground, Bill Lambeer, knocking him unconscious, and no foul is called. <laughs> Both times are done. Everything's reviewed. There are camera angles everywhere. There's no privacy. There are no secret moments. That's the problem in today's environment. Yeah, the, and the nut punching days are over is what you're saying. Yeah, man, Draymond is paying the price, yeah. I mean, think about it, Kyle. I mean, let's go to the late 80s, the, the Jordan rules from the bad boys. Every single one of those knockdowns would be reviewed for 10 minutes. Games would go on for eight hours. It would be like a baseball game before a few years ago. So, it, you know, with that, it's just bad, Ray. And you know what else is the problem? They don't have anybody who can bring that toughness. Kevon Looney is not that guy. He's a stump. He's slow. Dario Saric, yes, he can stretch the floor a little bit. He'll make every tough corner shot that you need. But again, the guy is soft, not good on his feet. Jonathan Kaminga, who I think Warriors fans thought would be the eventual successor to Draymond Green, he's not half the tough guy Draymond Green is. Everybody can get to their front court. It's easy. It's simple. And when the Warriors do decide to turn up the pace to get a little bit more offense, it burns them in the front court. They must make a trade by the deadline. You now see someone like a James Wiseman who's getting a little bit of time now because of Jalen Duren being out in Detroit. And it's kind of been working out well. And again, we scratch our heads and wonder, why did the Warriors get rid of this guy when they had no size backing up these starters like Draymond Green? And Kevon Looney. It's been that way for years, too. Um, yeah, man. I, you know. It's serious. Like, how many times can they roll this out? It's like the mass with Dwight Powell. Enough with Dwight Powell. He hasn't been able to do anything, and you're not getting anybody. Well, I, I, I wouldn't doubt the Warriors' success rate in running out the same guy. <laughs> it worked. I mean, it's, but, but they're not the same. Their teams are overtaking them. Teams yeah, are built yeah. better than them. Well, dynasty's end. Dynasty's end. I mean. Right, but do, do you guys think in sports in general, dynasties tend to go on for a little too long? It's one thing when you're like the Marlins and you win a title and you just immediately dismantle the team. But maybe instead of it being for like a dynasty being for five years where you win a title in three of the first four, and then maybe you have two years where you don't sniff the finals, they still try to hang on these teams and players age and systems don't work anymore and they need to switch it up and teams know how to prepare for them. I feel like in sports, these franchises hold on to those winning years and don't know when it's time to retool until it's too late. Well, Justin, over at FantasyGuru.com, you obviously covered the DFS angle for us with hoops, but you're also doing a lot of the betting stuff, the wagering stuff. I see you posting things in Discord and having interaction with the, the followers there. What are you looking for when you're, you're talking about placing those, those bets on a nightly basis? And who are some of the players that maybe have helped you have some success to this point of the season? Yeah, I've been starting to dabble a little bit more with the alt-line parlays. But I know that for those, and I talked to a lot of you in our Discord channels about this, I know some of you were in Texas and California where you can't have access to that. So that's why as much as I want to go all alt-line parlays, because like we've been saying, these sites, these books, they're close. They're pretty spot on with their numbers. It's very hard to really dupe the books like that. So the alt-line parlays helps us still take advantage of the great matchup, but not everyone has access. So I want to remain loyal to everybody and give straight up bets as well so that everybody can enjoy. I look at pace. That's really where I started off. I take a look at those slower teams. And a perfect example, Ray, is Scotty Barnes. I've written up Scotty Barnes a lot. He produces quickly. He's a stat machine. He's a cash machine. The guy just puts up numbers and he's a mismatch and he's a problem because you got half the game where he's really playing on the wing. The other half where he's actually running the offense spends a lot of time with the ball. So you take a slow paced team like the Toronto Raptors and I see who they're facing. Okay. They're facing the Charlotte Hornets tonight and the Hornets, they're not as quick as they've been moving, but it's a nice pace up spot. So when I see that his PRA number is low, I'm going to want to take advantage of that. He has time of possession with the ball. 
The Raptors are at a major pace advantage most nights. And when I see him against a higher, faster octane team, then I'm often going to write that prop up because he just is able to produce. Just when you think you're out and you've lost, two minutes later, he adds on another five or six in the PRAs and you're right back in the game. Those PRAs for people who don't know, uh, kind of fun to take a look at uh, what points, rebounds, assists, kind of that grand total. Uh, Along those same lines, like tonight, um, San Antonio's on the road at Milwaukee. Sounds like when Benyama's out, I guess he's He's not not going to play. So whether you're DFS or you're wagering, Zach Collins, is is he like the guy to, to grab tonight with Wimbenyama out of the way? He is, but we got to manage our expectations. Although I'll say this, there's a, and I always look for leaks in teams and how you all find leaks in teams. You don't look at how teams have done at a certain spot or defending a certain position in the whole season anymore. We now look over the last two weeks, over the last three weeks, even over the last week, we have to be microscopic about it. That's the only way we're going to beat these sites and get full value, beat these books and hit our bets. So Zach Collins is going to be that guy, but if he's not able to do anything, they're going to abandon Zach Collins. He's going to be in a major mismatch against Brooke Lopez, but Brooke Lopez for as good as he was defensively last year, he's not the same guy for some reason. And I'm seeing centers that are half a foot shorter than him being able to take advantage of him in the lane. I really don't understand what's changed so much with him. So whereas maybe we have to manage our expectations with Collins, he's still someone that I wouldn't say necessarily would be bad chalk tonight for this four gamer. He's going to be nice and cheap. And with what they how they've utilized Victor Wembanyama, I'll tell you this, Kyle, Devin Vassell, he's going to be taking a lot more shots. Usage goes up nearly 5%, and he is this team shooter. So every single player on this team gets a shot bump. But Devin Vassell, a lot more time with the ball, and that's someone that I'm going to be focused on, maybe even for props tonight. Let let me stay with the four-game slate. Phoenix on the road at Portland. Bradley Beal is out. Now, obviously, Booker and Durant, you would expect those guys to just do their thing, maybe even more. Is there a third guy? Is is like Grayson Allen somebody who, who takes over here? What what do the Suns look like with Bill out again? He is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue, so we're not exactly sure if he's going to play, but someone in man, it's so, it's so weird just seeing this guy still actually be productive, but Indiana University's finest, Eric Gordon, has been coming through in a major way. And that's because, Kyle, he can play three positions on the floor. He's not your best small forward. You want someone with a little bit more size, but he can at least defend the elbow enough to still fill in if they need a stopgap there. And with Josh Okogie out, they need all the help that they can get, but he can bring up the ball as well, and he can spell Devin Booker if needed. It's just sad, guys, because I can't really analyze this team fully and give long-term expectations and think about futures because their big three doesn't play together. It's literally, I don't like to say believe in curses or anything. Just when you see them on the court, Bradley Beal gets hurt. And when he comes back, guys, I'm telling you, and they're not going to do this. I hope they're watching us because who isn't? Let's be honest. They need to let Devin Booker run the point of this offense. They can't have Bradley Beal be doing as much until he can prove he can stay healthy. And They played played one game together, right? Yes, and and Beal got hurt. Yes, and Beal got hurt. And and they need to let Beal just kind of get his footing, let him get his shot routine on, let Devin Booker exclusively run the point. They better listen to us on this. I'm obviously fully into football right now, Justin. You? You're a baseball guy. And I'm also doing baseball on the side, okay? So I'm getting ready for 2024 doing that. So Kyle brought up a fact to me before the show started today that I will admit I was ignorant of. The Pistons have lost 24 games in a row? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's more than a quarter of the season. Um, Hey, Ray, they have two wins this year, man. what, What is going on with the Pistons? And, you know, I guess if you're getting smashed every night, does that mean that there's pieces here offensively we can use in, in fantasy basketball, whether it's DFS or seasonal? Because we got to jack up shots, or is it just a total disaster? It's a total disaster. They can't defend anything. And what's weird is what we were seeing from their rookie, Asar Thompson, who was grabbing so many rebounds and just he was hitting props. He was able to score. I don't know if maybe teams have figured out how to neutralize him. I think that's the case because there's more tape on him. Jalen Duran, who I really love from an offensive standpoint, he's been in and out of the lineup throughout the year. So then they've had other guys who have been in and out as well. Isaiah Stewart gets nicked up. They just got Boyan Bogdanovich back, who I think is good for season-long fantasy. But kind of like what I was ranting about before, 
The books now price him, or these DFS sites price him at 7,500. And if he's going to be giving me maybe 20 points and one rebound and two assists, that's not going to give us the 5X return that we crave every night. And I can't price him unless everybody else is out. And that's the issue. That's why when it comes to writing this team up, it's a lot of Cade Cunningham. The books have caught up to him, but we were cashing a lot of points and assist props on Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham's not a good defender. They don't have a single player, guys, that plays good defense. Teams take advantage of them. Teams get to them quickly, and they move at a quicker pace than what we're used to seeing. So those slower teams like the Bulls, the Raptors, for instance, who are all the way at the bottom of the list, the Knicks, the Suns, they are going to have such a pace advantage, more possessions. Detroit doesn't have the skills or the players to keep up with them. The one thing I have been seeing, though, which I mentioned before, James Wiseman it's good seeing him get a little bit more involved and seeing what he can do if you give him some minutes. And it makes me wonder what the rotation will be like. And the other minor thing to take away is that if you're looking for a value play, Killian Hayes has been a nice value option in DFS. And when he's out, Jaden Ivey has become someone that's been reliable as well. So at least we have that to take away from it. Yeah, lousy teams can give you great bargains in DFS. No and people though. forget about them, Kyle. People yeah. are just like, this team sucks, but they have a lot of opportunity and likely less ownership. Uh, four games coming up tonight. Uh, Discord is the place to be. We'll have some columns up, cheat sheets, all that good stuff. Yep. Going through your Tuesday, uh, real quickly, we got like 30 seconds here, Justin, but David in the chat room, uh, wondering about the Bulls and when they're going to make all these trades. Uh, Zach Levine, I, I don't know if he's really hurt. I think they just are leaving him on the bench so they don't ruin his trade value. Uh, but but are these guys going to be traded? Will the Bulls blow it up like in the next month or two? I think that there is a chance and we continue seeing DeMar DeRozan swirling around, at least DeRozan and Zach Levine. But let me just tell you guys this. Since Zach Levine has gone out, you have seen such better offense from Kobe White, especially from Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan. I think Zach Levine's the problem. And I think that he was hindering the rest of the squad. Patrick Williams who has actually looked good for the most part over his last couple of weeks. Zach Levine, I think, is the problem. And I think if anybody, hard trade demand to meet, but he's the guy that they have to get rid of. DeRozan, though, right there on the trade block, too. Okay. Uh, every Tuesday, we talk some hoops with Justin Finsterman. Every Tuesday, um, he causes a glare on screen with his tank top. It's a glare, Justin. It's Is it? You could see yeah. through it and stuff. Yeah, you need to hit the Long Island Beach. And, and yeah, you're right. Because yeah. it's yeah. summer and all. Yeah. The, the jersey's not glaring. It's those pipes, man. Hey, man. I, I got to hit the gym. That's why I need some cuts. I need my arm to look like a snake. Hey, hey, let it be known. The trio of us, we're, we're all pretty we're pretty blah. We're pretty bland. We're, we're pretty we're pretty light-skinned right now. Mm -hmm. I'm yep. in Northern Hemisphere. Ray never leaves the basement. Justin is wearing tank tops. It's... We're not we exactly like Olympic winter. athletes here, guys. Yeah, yeah. We look like it's winter right now. Uh, we will not see you before the big holiday, so enjoy it. Uh, hope you keep your uh, friends and family close. And then uh, next Tuesday, uh, we'll do our best to talk to you again right after. Well, we got the big Christmas uh, NBA day, right? We got a yep. lot of games going up. Five there. nationally televised games. I'm going to have write-ups for it. And I'm actually, you know, I'll say this right now, and this will hold myself accountable, too. I want to make sure I get that playbook done because I know everybody's going to be celebrating the holiday as they should. Yeah. And it, it starts at noon Eastern, Kyle. So not too many hours on Monday. So with that, I'm going to do everything in my power to get that write up done in the early afternoon on Sunday, try okay. to have help as many people out in discord. And so they could get their lineups done in advance so they don't have to worry about it as much and enjoy their holiday morning. Christmas Day, man, it's a tough choice between family and sports because not only do we have the five NBA games, we've got three NFL games. Yeah, they they can't just leave us alone, NFL. They can't give us our spotlight, so they have, have to feel day. it. Yeah. Yep. You can be like Ray, though, and say, I'm going to leave them alone on Christmas Day. So we have a choice, too, in this whole thing. We do. Uh, Justin, a pleasure, man. Take care, good stuff, and we'll talk soon. Happy holidays, guys. You bet. Uh, there it is. Justin Finsterman talking some NBA again uh, every day. DFS stuff going out with cheat sheets, with write-ups and Discord, always helping you with those lineup settings. So do check it out at Fantasy Guru. And uh, if you've not uh, checked out all the fun things, you, you see the promo code there. Ho-ho. That's for the football side. FSD20 will get you 20% off the other packages. So take advantage of that. Um, and that's where we are. Late days. Uh, you got, got much shopping yet to go, Ray? We're six days away from Christmas. No, I have a couple of packages that are uh, 
delayed in shipping. So fingers crossed that they get here. Um, you know that that we all play that game. Like, oh, it's supposed to be here on the tenth, and here we are. It's the nineteenth. But uh, no, I think I'm I'm basically done. Provided those gifts do arrive on time, or I will be scrambling at the last minute trying to replace them. Yeah, you'll be fine, Ray. Especially because you're one of those few people who have Jeffrey Bezos, uh, Bezos, I should say, on speed dial. So you, you're able to to call him up, and uh, he will get that box right out to you. Um, I've got little things, but I'm pretty well settled. Right? Good, I think good. I'm in a good spot. Uh, Ray, fun stuff today. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Good luck to everybody on the waiver bidding. We'll have a lot of football tomorrow. Uh, probably start taking a look ahead to the matchups. We'll go through the point spreads and the game totals and all that stuff for week 16. I know a lot of people will be coming at us with start sit, so we'll begin to answer those on Wednesday. So make sure to uh, tune in. 11 a.m. Eastern, Ray and I will get you going again with a little more football, maybe some baseball signings. Whatever is going on, we will talk about it. Ray, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it, Kyle. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily. Thank you for joining us. Powered by FantasyGuru.com.